Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. I'd say happy Friday, but it's not a happy Friday if you're in Kelowna or a number of other places in BC. No, no, it's not. I, I really feel for the people there, and this is sort of cruel irony. It's like 20 years to the day, practically, of the uh, Kelowna Mountain Fire wow. there. Yep. That was just brutal. Like you get like deja vu on this stuff because that was an absolutely brutal. Tons of tons of homes burned down back then, and you know, hopefully, it's not as bad this time. There have been structures that burned in West Kelowna, yeah. right? But now you've got you know the the biggest threat is embers going across the lake and causing these spot fires and maybe spreading. So it's already happened in a yeah, couple spots. So right. nothing huge yet, but uh, that's it. So you go back a couple months, this I'm going to say this particular fire was predicted, but it was flagged early on we were headed for our worst ever fire wildfire season. And that's exactly where we're at. So if, in terms of hectares burned, the record up until this year was in 2018, which was 1.3 million, 1.35 million hectares burned. We're already at 1.8 million. The number of fires is not really the measuring stick. It's the, it's the amount consumed by fire. Yeah. And what's concerning right now, just I invite people to go to the BC Wildfire uh, website, and there's lots of good resources there. Um, and it just get, brings you up to date of what the situation is. And right now, and they classify the fires in different categories. The worst ones are fires out of control, which are just basically fires that are spreading and are not being contained. Right now, that's 161. But the most serious ones are called fires of note. And there's 15 of those, and those are fires that are classified as being either highly visible, which means they're big and they're visible, and or they pose a threat to public safety. So that's the McDougal fire. That's also the Kukipi Creek fire, uh, 16 kilometers northwest of Boston Bar. If you go on the map of BC Wildfire Service, you'll see those, these fires of note, many of them in sort of the South Okanagan interior, a little north interior, and a couple in the Kootenays. And that's why, again, people advise the... Keep this in mind if you're planning to go anywhere that uh, don't because these fires are right in the middle of some significant population areas. Not big cities, but Kelowna, right next to Kelowna. Yeah. A few years ago, Kamloops was imperiled, mm-hmm. if you recall. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was almost an evacuation order, which is just extraordinary. Right now, the number of evacuation, um, there's 58, 59 evacuation orders in place. 357 properties have been ordered to evacuate. And more than 3,000 properties are on evacuation alert. And the concern now is the winds are coming up at 50 kilometers an hour. Wow, okay. I really feel for the people here on the line of this stuff and for the firefighters and first responders who are bravely fighting this thing. Like we heard earlier on the show today from the, the chief of the West Kelowna Fire Department and his people on the ground fighting this thing and at some point felt like they're literally surrounded by flames. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we have not heard about any confirmation of loss of life there, but... You know, you got to really feel for these people. They must be absolutely exhausted. And one thing is, after we, we, we've gotten used to this kind of stuff to a degree. And well, we had a breather last year. Yeah. Recall. So, so 2017 and 2018 were really bad. And then for some, and then subsequent to that was sort of a bit of a bit of a not cooling off. We just didn't have anywhere near what we're seeing this year, which again was flagged early on. We would have a record year. And indeed, we are um, more than exceeding previous records. 
Yeah, no, it's it's really, really terrible situation, and we're continuing to focus on it through, throughout the whole show today. Let's have a listen to Jamie Tawil, who is a Global News Okanagan reporter, and listen to his conversation here with uh, Simi Sarah this morning. We're going to play a little bit of an extended clip here because it, it's so good. Like He makes some great points here about the threat in Kelowna right now and a little bit of advice here to the public here at the end. Let's listen. For anybody that's uh, in the Lower Mainland considering coming to the interior, maybe reconsider. Um, we've seen it all summer long with a lot of people on boats in Okanagan Lake or, or down in Soyuz and Oliver. Um, when when emergency officials and these aerial attacks are dipping into the water to get you know the, the skimmers to get water onto these fires, a lot of the times they're being delayed because boaters are there. I can only imagine if you were somebody who was about to lose your home and watching aerial attacks get delayed because people want to be on boats. So just something to consider for anyone listening, considering coming here for the weekend. If you do, just stay out of the way of emergency officials. Let them get this thing under control. Yeah, good advice. I mean, I know myself and I know friends and family made a decision early in the summer not to travel with the expectation there was going to be a terrible fire situation. So now is not the time to say, oh, now let's go party on Okanagan Lake. You got to stay out of the way of firefighters. You got to stay out of the way of emergency vehicles. We get these briefings once or twice a week from fire officials, and they re- constantly remind us: if you're going anywhere, make sure you have two routes. Yeah, don't have just one way out. You got to have at least two ways out because you can get trapped in some, behind some of these fires. So now is not the time to necessarily think you're going to have a nice recreational, uh, fun time in the Okanagan because there are fires. And hi- Highway One was closed yesterday. I'm not sure what the status of Highway One is right now. It was closed because of the bot- the Cookie Peak. Uh, fire yeah. uh, in Boston Bar. So highways are going to be closed. Uh, exits that you normally use might not be available to you. So you really have to be mindful. The next 48 hours, according to fire officials, are absolutely critical. It could be the most dangerous 48 hours in BC wildfire history. Uh, this is how perilous the situation is. Okay, we've got local states of emergency in place in some places, notably in Kelowna. Is it possible we could see the provincial government declare a provincial state of emergency? Like this is something that we've fought over and debated in the past as we, well. We've done in the past. Uh, so all eyes are on Bowen Ma, the emergency management yeah. minister. We'll see if uh, what she has to say. The federal government, I know, had a briefing this morning about the yellow fire. or the Yellow, yellow knife. Yellow knife. Oh, uh, man, what a fire. situation there, too. Dramatic coverage. Yeah. There. Look at the front page of the Globe today, the mile-long caravan of cars trying to get out of that place. It's and not, people lined up trying to get on a list to get evacuated. Um, and there's not a brutal. Way, that's a classic situation where there's a, not a lot of exits. Yeah, there's, there's basically, basically one, one road, road out of one town. One road in, one road out. Yeah. And you get trapped there. And that can be the situation for so many ta- small towns in BC's interior. So again, if you're packing up the family thinking you want a nice little john into the interior, think again. I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised we haven't heard a lot from Justin Trudeau here in the in the last forty eight hours. He's on vacation right now in Tofino. Yeah, he's over here. And, you know, and I, you know, in a situation like this, you'd think there'd be a little bit more high profile from him. But anyway, you're... yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't begrudge him having a family vacation. Everyone's oh, yeah, entitled but... to that. But uh, what's going on in Yellowknife and Kelowna are extraordinary situations, and I think people do expect their leaders sometimes to emerge in situations yeah. like this. Yeah. Okay. Um, we continue to focus very closely on that let's talk about the situation in bc ferries now because like here we go again now so we got another another ferry out of service and this one is in really bad mechanical shape apparently coastal renaissance so the coastal vessels renaissance and inspiration i've asked bc ferries to give me the total number of days they've been on a commission since they arrived in the fleet 
some 10 or 15 years ago. Because These are what they call the C-class ferries, uh, right? Built in Germany. Um, yeah. And it strikes me, they seem to be having more mechanical problems than any other vessel in the fleet. So you take the Spirits, Spirit of BC and Spirit of Vancouver Island. When my wife and I traveled for years and her family, we always made sure we got on a Spirit. Yeah, because it's the we, most comfortable one, it's too. It's the most comfortable one, but yeah. it's also the most dependable. The yeah. coastal ones are not the most comfortable. They have this severe vibration problem, at least they did at the beginning. But they're the ones who've been out of service yeah. the most. Yeah. And the other, like Queen of Alberni's filling in, but it's, it's four, I think, 30 less cars, 400 less passengers. So it's just not as big uh, as, as this. So it has a corresponding impact on sailing disruption. So BC, And then you throw on top of that, you've got ongoing staff shortages suddenly popped up again. And I can't help but note that the, re, the wage reopening talks which started a couple of weeks ago, have sort of gone sideways. They've hit an impasse. Uh, union president uh, sent a message to the membership uh, few, in, over the last few days. They made some progress on some issues, low-paid workers, mm. on some trades as well, but they haven't re- they've hit an impasse when it comes to basic wages and wages for ship officers. Um, so they seem to have broken down there. Let's have a listen to Deborah Marshall here as a spokesperson for BC Ferries. You will also hear the voice here, Global News reporter Aaron Eubels. Unfortunately, we are having to suspend service. So we certainly apologize to our customers. The C-Class ferries have been plagued with problems this summer. Just last month, the coastal celebration needed repairs and was out of service in dry dock for about a week. Yeah. Okay. So noting that the, pro- the continuing problems with the C-Class ferries, as you mentioned, and then on top of that, we got this labor issue going on. So that is interesting. Now on Monday's show, just so the listeners know, I'll have the vice president of the Ferry Workers Union on the show today. And I'm really looking forward to speaking to her about this stuff, um, about our capacity to keep these ships in, in repair and in service. I want to talk to her about that. But just on the issue of the contract reopener here and the wages here, is there any chance that they can't go on strike, can they, or, or can they? Well, they can't go on legal strike. Uh, the yeah. contract, the collective agreement is still in place. It's unusual. I mean, this is a throwback to the 70s it's and weird. 80s, this wage reopener. That used yeah. to be uh, more commonplace when inflation was running at 10, 11, 12%. Unions, understand, we didn't want to get locked into a four-year deal when you know inflation 10% a year, you can get swamped. So there was wage reopeners back then. And this is a sign of the times of inflation, suddenly an issue that was never there before. And the fair union... Uh, to its credit, got this clause in its contract, which I was unaware of until they finally they said, hey, we've got a wage reopener clause. Like, what? Was this 1982? Um, <laughs> so good for them, but they haven't been able to make success. They're looking for outside help. You might want to talk to the vice president. I'm not sure exactly what they're looking for. Is it a mediator? Is it an arbitrator uh, to come in and help them resolve this wage issue? But I again, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more sailings canceled in the weeks ahead because oh, there's, boy. there's not enough staff. It's Baldry's Beat. Phone lines are open 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. James calling from Kelowna. Hi, James. Go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Jen. Horrible time to be talking to you about this, but two quick points. Um, One, it's amazing how the fire actually jumped the lake from the McDougal fire over to Kelowna. The embers and ash flew so far um, it's a big, wide lake, and they managed to start the fire, and it affected me. I had to be uh, evacuated last night. Second point is, um, I heard through social media that they were asking for volunteers to come and save people in Trader's Cove, which got trapped by the um, by the McDougal fire on boats because they couldn't get out. Because, again, one rode in, one rode out. Anyways, stay safe, everyone.
James, thank you for the call. And yeah, we have seen people evacuated in sort of pockets of Kelowna, including James there, where those that and like he says, that is a big wide lake. Like a lot of people were sitting on the on the beach or they're sitting on the balconies of their homes. They're watching this fire burn on the other side of the lake. The winds Next thing up. you know, the embers are coming. The down. winds come up, the embers cross the lake. Yeah. And he again, James made the point, one road in, one road out. Don't get trapped in a situation. Yeah, like yeah. Pay very, very careful and close attention to these uh, evacuation alerts and orders. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hi. Good morning, guys. Hey, first off, I'd like to say that uh, to all the all the people that are affected by these wildfires, my thoughts and prayers are going out with them. And God, I hope there's rain soon or the wind yeah. shifts, something to get it away from the town. So that's my first, uh, first thought. Mike, what I'd like to say is, you know, I remember Rob Fleming, Keith, Keith just said that it was flagged as going to be the worst wildfire season ever. I remember Rob Fleming on your show, I believe it was early June, and his words... His words were, I, I, we knew this was going to be the worst wildfire season ever. How much money did they put into new infrastructure? How many, did they buy new water bombers? Don't think so. So I put that on them. We could have a lot better equipment out there, folks. So, and the other thing, Mike, I'd like to say is, you know, uh, you encouraged me, this is a little bit off the topic, but you encouraged me to uh, look and see how much the NDP were spending a taxpayer money. I got a response back. It says they have no records found of that. But it says if you, it says if you would like to, uh, review our decision, which I find very interesting. Maybe Keith could expand on that for me. How wait, wait, is, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a sec. Spending taxpayers' money on what? On, par- on partisan ads or what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ads. There's, yeah. So I put I put in a freedom of information request, and I got back. There's no records found. But then, well, the reason for, the reason for that. Well, thank you, Rob. So caucus yeah. caucus expenditures aren't under FOI. Well, that's the that's the thing. It's, se- it's secret. Yeah, it's so, secret, so they won't tell you. Certainly legitimate to raise concerns that you're spending. Essentially, it's caucus money, but that's also tax dollars. It is. And, you know, the Liberals did this, and the NDP attacked them for it when they were in opposition. Now the NDP's doing it, and they're in government. So it just seems to be once political parties shift from opposition to government, they lose the criticism that they used to have about this expenditure. And what about his, what about his point on, on firefighting resources? I mean, that, I think well, believe that was increased. Oh, it's, it's increased significantly. Now, you know, people say water bombers versus other forms of, of fire suppression. There, there's different arguments on that. One thing, and we're still trying to get to the bottom of this, they did increase the amount of – this is now a year-long exercise. It's not a seasonal exercise when it comes to fire suppression. But we don't know exactly how much resources were deployed before the fire season began. We do know there was some staff. I'm not sure how many were brought in to, to sort of prep the forests yeah. uh, beforehand. I'm not sure how much was done, for example, in West Kelowna. Well, one of the things that Ben Stewart told me this morning, who is a MLA there for the area, said that they've there's been a really good effort by the local fire department there in West Kelowna for people to fireproof their homes, like clearing out clearing up brush and shrubs mm-hmm. around their properties. Now, when you have a blazing inferno that's eating up an entire mountainside, I, I'm not sure there's any prep that's potentially going to save yeah, your home. But the question is, was was enough fuel <clears throat> taken off the floor, which is one of yeah. the goals of, of this year-round strategy, get rid of the, the fuel that fuels fires. And that means a lot of this scrub and brush that lies dormant on the floor. Yeah. Um, but again, there'll be a lot of post-ops on this fire season for yeah. sure. Malcolm in East Van, you got 30 seconds here, Malcolm. Go ahead. Okay, two quick points. Uh, in Europe, my friend of mine's there. He says, if you're caught with your boat in an area where scoopers need to go, your boat is confiscated and you're heavily fined. Mm-hmm. So they've got to do that. Same with the drone operators. Number two, on BC ferries, we had some really good ferries we sold to Fiji. Still in operation, the, the sister ships to the Queen of New Westminster. Okay. Foresight, folks. 
Thank, thank you for the call. 30. Yeah, so a lot of those ships are nowhere near as big as the coastal. Yeah, those are smaller ones. Those are smaller, yeah. so it ne- wouldn't necessarily solve. And we're seeing that today with the Queen of Alberni, which is an old boat, is replacing the coastal renaissance, and it's 400 fewer people, 30 less cars.